Amen. Amen. Welcome back. Welcome back. Let's grab our Bibles and let's invite our speaker this morning to teach us God's word. Lord Jesus, thank you for the spirit of God that you promised, you delivered, and on the 50th day after you went back to heaven the, to be on the right hand of God, the Father, Lord, you sent him and he is with us, he is in us, and he is teaching us, leading us into all truth, correcting us uh, on the inside out, reminding us that we are his. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Speak to us. Our hearts are open. Our ears are open and we're listening in Jesus name. Amen. All right. This morning, I want you to um, uh, turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4 and we're looking at verse 7 to verse 21. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7 to verse 21. Get ready to listen to God's word. If there's anything that's happening around you, any kind of distraction, rub kids running around or the maids still washing dishes or something, calm down, get everything to settle down so that your, your, your attention is given to God's word. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. Let's begin. Obedience is always rewarded. Obedience is always rewarded. Always. God never, ever loses, forgets the time you obeyed. He never never forgets to reward you for when you obey. You and I think that God is a God who is constantly looking for when we do wrong and punish us. That's a wrong, wrong, wrong view of God. God is not looking to punish, but the Bible says the eyes of the Lord to go to and fro over the world to look for the righteous to see how he could serve them, to see how he could look after them. God is a good God. God will never leave you shortchanged when you put him first. I guarantee you that. I put my life on my word as I tell you that. Christ lived and died and rose again to prove that God keeps his word. So, today, we are going to look at the undeniable evidence of being right with God. The undeniable evidence of being right with God. You have evidence, you have proof. This is what happens when you're right with God. There is a benefit, there is an advantage, there is fruit, and today we're going to look at that. So, because when God works in us, when he's, 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 we are right with him and he abides in us, that's the word the Bible uses, when he goes through us, owing to his size, he fills us. He fills us as he works through us. So what happens? We end up complete in him. Say complete. We end up complete in him. Complete in him. I hope you're in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 21. We've taken a lot of time on other stuff, so I don't have the time to read right now. But let's work through the scriptures. And if you're taking notes, I've got six evidences for you, and you could write it down one by one. One, two, three, four, five, six. Number one. Number one. When we obey this commandment that, that John is talking about here, this very important commandment that we're looking at today, when we obey this commandment, we prove that we know God personally. We prove that we know God. Let's look at verse seven. Verse seven says, Beloved, let us love one another. That's the command. That's that's the command. Three times over in this one passage, he's going to repeat the command, repeat the command, repeat the command. Beloved, let us love one another. When he says beloved, who's he talking to? His wife? No. He's talking to believers. 
He's talking to those who are loved by God, those who are part of the community. He's not talking to those who don't know the forgiveness of God and don't know they haven't experienced the love of God. Because you can't forgive somebody that when you haven't been forgiven. You can't love someone with, the, with, with your love. You, can, you have to love them with God's love. So when you receive from him, you can give it out. He says, beloved, let us love, from, uh, let us love one another. Why? Because love is from God. Love is from, read it, it's there. Where does love come from? Love is from God. So whoever loves is a channel. Whoever loves is a conduit, C-O-N-D-U-I-T, a conduit. And whoever loves has been born of God. That means they have been born from above, John chapter 3, born of God, and they are knowledgeable about God. They know God personally. They are in a relationship with God. But on the other hand, anyone who does not love does not know God. So love, the love of God flowing through you means you are connected to God, means you know God, means you have experienced God, means you know the love of God, means you know forgiveness, etc. Your spiritual life, your knowledge of God, your witness comes through the way you love people, the way you love. And love is not from you, love is from God. So when you open the tap and the water comes, you now know that the water, the tap is connected to the tank. That's how you know the tap is connected to the tank. When water doesn't come, you have a problem. And that's how you know a believer is a true believer, a genuine believer, because he is connected to God. If he's connected to God, if he's abiding in God, God's abiding in him, the love of God will flow. And the love of God is the person of God, and the person of God is huge. And when God is huge and fills you, goes through you, he fills you, and you are complete. You are complete. You are complete. No, a woman doesn't complete you. A job or a, or a, or a, or a position doesn't complete you. All the blessings in life don't complete you. God completes you. You were created to be complete in him and him alone. So, beloved, let us love one another. Write a second one down. First one was when we obey this commandment, we prove we know God. The second one is when we obey this commandment, we prove that we have received life from him. We prove that we have received life from him. If I'm going too fast, I'll send you the notes later. Do not worry. Verse 9. In this, the love of God, in this, whenever you find something like that, get excited because there's clarity, there's clear uh, answers here. In this, the love of God has made manifest among us. That's how you know God's around. That's how you know you've received life from him. In this, the love of God has made uh, manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we may live through him. Do you know something? Do you know that when you love, Open the tap, water comes out. When you love, it shows, because love comes from God, it shows you're connected to God. And when you love, some number two, you prove that you have received life from him. Because Jesus came into the world, and what did he bring? He brought life. And because he brought life and gave life to you, you have life in you. That's why you're able to love. So you prove that Jesus came. You prove that Jesus died. You prove that Jesus gave you life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. I give my life. No one can take my life from me. I give my life and I take it up again. I am the resurrection and the life. You prove that the resurrection is true because you show life in you. The sign of life in a believer is the love of God through the believer.
When, I, when we obey this commandment, we prove that we have received his life. Right, number three down. The third evidence, when we obey this commandment, we prove that God isn't holding our sin against us anymore. We prove that God isn't holding our sin against us anymore. What does that mean? See, when you know you're forgiven and you know God is cool with you, God is okay with you, God is fine with you, you're not going to hold it against people. You're going to be able to let go easily. You're going to be able to let people go. You're going to be able to give them a cover of grace. You're going to be able to extend mercy and, and grace to them, forgiveness to them also. When we obey this commandment, we prove that God isn't holding. You're showing that you're forgiven. Only forgiven people can forgive. Only loved people can love. Only healed people can put others back together. Broken people break others. Hurt people hurt people. So when we obey this command, we prove that God isn't holding sin against us. Verse 10. If this is love, there you go again. Get excited. Underline. Highlight. If this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. A propitiation for our sins. P-R-O-P-I-T-I-A-T-I-O-N. For our sins. What is the meaning of propitiation? Propitiation means to appease, to appease, or to atone for. So when you pay a debt, and when you pay for something because someone is upset or someone is angry or someone has been violated, and you pay for that and you appease that, like paying bail or paying uh, redemption, when you pay for that, you atone for what you have done, that is propitiation. So Jesus came and he said, give me the bill. Give me the bill, show me the bill. And he appeased the father for the debt that was against God the Father from humankind, from humanity, from all of mankind. He took the bill of the debt that all humanity, no, you're not listening to me. He took the bill of the debt of all humanity that all humanity owed God single-handedly. This Jesus, whom I worship, took that bill, stamped it, paid it with his own precious blood, and he atoned for us. He atoned for us. He has paid my bill. There are no more payments pending. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. Number three, when we obey this commandment, beloved, let us love one another. That's the commandment. We prove that God isn't holding any sin against us. We prove there's no pending payments. We prove that all debt is paid. That's what my loving people shows. I'm not just being a nice person. I'm not just, you know, being a godly person, just kind of only reflecting God for the sake of being a nice person. I am proving theology. I'm proving the love of God. I'm proving the life of God. I'm proving the presence of God. So he takes another reminder. Somewhere in between here, he takes a number between six after three, he takes a reminder and he says, okay, listen to this. Verse 11. Beloved, if God, circle so, circle so, if God so loved us in this measure, to this extent, in this manner, if God so loved us, what should we do? We also ought to love one another. We also ought to love one another. So he repeats the commandment over there, right? Let me talk to you. He says, beloved, beloved. Second time he says, beloved. This is an exhortation. If God so loved us, what do you think we should do? 
if you're forgiven, what do you think you should do? If you've experienced the love of God, what do you think you should do? If God has put you back together, what do you think you should do? And he uses the word ought. We ought. He doesn't use the word must. We, we ought to love one another. It ought is, 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 an, is, a, is a compulsion from within. It's a compulsion from, it's not a, it's a compulsion from within saying, no, I must, I cannot not. How can I love, how can I not love when I have been loved? How can I not forgive when I have been forgiven? Has God loved us? I'm asking you this morning, has God loved us? Let me tell you what he did. He came after us. Love comes after us. Love is the one who has, it's, you've been violated, you've been contaminated, you've been betrayed, but you come after the person who has done you wrong. He valued us despite our offense. Our offense did not drop our value in his eyes. That's love. Love always sees the value of the person for what it really is, not based on performance. Thank God, thank God that he doesn't base us on performance. He invites us repeatedly to reconcile with him. That's love. That's how he's loved us. Come, let's be okay. Come, come back. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's make this okay. Come, let's, let's unite. No, no, no. Broken relationships never serve any good. Never. Let's come, come back. Let's go. He forgave us for our offense when we responded. So when we did come back, when we did in uh, respond to the invitation he forgave us he forgave us and, uh, and 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 he he wiped our sin clean and then he bore the cost the personal cost of having to forgive us you think forgiveness doesn't cost you know you know forgiveness costs our problem is not that we don't want to forgive our problem is we don't want to pay the cost because it it, it, it kind of uh, uh, rubs out we feel it rubs out our personality. It rubs out our personal value. We feel we are becoming nothing and nobody. We feel we are losing value when we forgive somebody else. No, sir. Jesus, this is what he does. He bore the personal cost of having to forgive us. And when? Preemptively. Before the foundations of the earth. Before I was born, he said, you know what? If anything ever comes up between me and Jeremy, that's me. Me and Jeremy, I'm going to forgive him. But it's going to cost me, so I'm going to send my son and I'm going to pay the debt fully in advance. That is love. How can I not? You tell me, how can I not love him back? How can I not love God uh, for that kind of love? And how, do, how can I dare to not love people and forgive and move on if God has loved me with such a preemptive strike? Oh God, thank you, Jesus. He bore the personal cost of having to forgive me. He, what are we talking about? We're talking about how God has loved us. He came after us. He valued us despite our offense. He invited us repeatedly to reconcile with him. He forgave us our offense when we responded to him. He bore the personal cost of having to forgive us. He put it aside forever and renounced punishment. He put it aside forever and renounced punishment. That means when he forgave me, he put my offense away and never did he dorao, never did he rehearse, never did he advise, how am I going to punish this guy? I'm going to make him pay for what he did. You know, I've forgiven him, but I'm never going to forget. One day I'm going to, oh, I want to watch how God punishes him. I want to see him suffer for what he did to me, what he took away from me, what he, what he was to me. I, 
he renounced. He renounced the desire to see me punished. Now I'm in a relationship with a God who loves me so cleanly that there is no desire in his heart to punish me because punishment has been exacted. It has been completed on the cross. There is nothing left. He is appeased. He has been paid in full. He has been paid in full. He put it aside and renounced our punishment. He started afresh like nothing ever happened. That's love. That's love. That's love. He started afresh like nothing ever happened. And then he continues to cover me with grace, without condition. Because you think that once you forgive a person, that person is never going to do that again. You think that just because you forgive a person, that person is now next to Jesus and they're never going to sin again. No, they are going to fall, they are going to sin, and you're going to have to forgive again. So you prepare a covering. You prepare a covering. I've forgiven you, but there's more. Oh my God. I've forgiven you, but there's more. Should you ever do anything wrong again? Should you ever... Uh, hurt me again? Should you ever dis um, betray me again? There's more covering. Nothing you can do can take away or threaten this relationship. That's how God has loved us. And he says, if God has so loved us in this manner, ought we also to love one another? Write down number four. Number four, six evidences that we are right with God. Number four, when we obey this commandment, we make God's presence felt. When we obey this commandment, we make God's presence felt. And he, he, he goes into a theological aspect of the presence of God. He says in verse 12, no one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. If you love one another, God abides in us and is perfect. his love is perfect. So God lives in us and through us. And God makes his presence felt with the amount of love and forgiveness moving around this community. When you come into this community, the sense of being freed, the sense of being complete in him, and the, the contagiousness of this perfection that, is, that we have in Christ, this peace that we have in Christ, that is what we can experience of the presence of God. No one has ever seen God at any time, but the way you and I love each other, forgive each other, and accept each other shows that God is here, Emmanuel. Write down number five. When we obey this commandment, when we obey this commandment, we are a powerful witness for Christ. When we obey this commandment, which commandment, beloved? Let's love one another. When we do that, we are a powerful witness for Christ. Look at verse 13, please. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us. This is how you know. Because he has given us his spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He has given us his spirit. So one part of the Trinity is with us. And we have seen and testify, seen, testify, we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son into the world to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So when you love, you are testifying that God sent Jesus into the world. You are testifying that God abides in him and you in God. That is a powerful witness. No witness is great. Jesus himself said this in one sentence. He says, 
they will know you are my disciples by the way you love one another. Write down the last one, number six. When we obey this commandment, we prove we are complete in him. When we obey his commandment, we prove that we are complete in him. Verse 16, he brings it to a close. He says, so, so, verse 16. So we have come to know and we have come to believe. What have, what's the conclusion? We have come to know and we have come to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. That's how the whole unity functions. That's how the oneness with God is. We get right with him. Verse 17. And by this love, we are perfected. We are made perfect. The word perfect means complete. It doesn't mean sinless. It doesn't mean without fault. It means complete. It means that your value and that your, your, your personality, your, your person is not diminished by your performance. You are not a lesser person, a divided person or a broken person because you have sinned. You are greatest, you are complete and you are full because God abides in you and you abide in God. If there's a crack, he'll fill it. If there's a sin, he'll, he'll uh, forgive it. If there's a hurt, he'll heal it. He will do what he has to do to put you back together. So this love has perfected us. We have been perfected with this love so that we may have the confidence on the day of judgment. See how much God has loved us? He's loved us to the point where you can live with carefree spirit. You can live without fear of the day of judgment. My friends, do you know that every religion, you, you, you look at religion, study religion in its darkness, in all of its darkness, study religion in all of its rituals and all, and you look at people, watch people, close up, uh, zoom in the camera on, on, on the devotee and watch them do their ceremonies, watch them kneel, watch them crawl, watch them do what they do. And you'll see a fear, a fear within their heart of judgment, a fear of pending doom. A fear of anger of a God that they cannot appease, cannot communicate with. This is the opposite of all of that. He says, I have loved you and perfected you so that you can live every single day of your life knowing full well that you are completely forgiven. You are completely forgiven. And you can have confidence on the day of judgment. Can you imagine that? That you and I, can walk into the day of judgment, you can, when the day of judgment arrives, you can be confident your debt is paid. Your debt is paid. You are in no trouble whatsoever. That comes from the love that God has poured out into our hearts. The fact that we have abided in God, the fact that he has abided in us and that we have walked closely to him and we have seen the six evidences. We have seen the six evidences of God loving us, forgiving us and being in us, of us being right with him. When we obey this commandment, we prove that we are complete in him. Verse 17, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because he is also, because as he is, so also we are in the world. Look at verse 18. You need to hear this. Look at verse 18. You need to hear this today. Verse 18. There is no fear in love. 
there is no guilt there is no anxiety there is no nervousness there is no fear in love perfect love casts out fear what's he talking about he says when the love of god has been received in us the love of god is the is the person of jesus christ and the forgiveness of god that love casts out casts out look at me look at me when i'm talking to you you know what he's saying like jesus pointed to the demon and said get out when jesus pointed to the demon and said get out that's how love speaks to fear and says get out you have no place here i am here this is my child this is now my life this is now my territory his life is my home i dwell here get out you have no place here a believer lives with no fear of impending doom no fear of guilt no fear of any any future event where he will be judged where he will face hell the believer has been freed from that why so that you may have confidence in the day of judgment so that you can walk walk confidently every day of this life and so can you so that you can extend the same thing to every relationship so that people are not afraid of you not afraid of hurting you not afraid of breaking you not afraid of of being of of angering you people around you don't have to tiptoe around you because with every word that they speak people know that when they're with you that that, that that they can be free they can be loved and be loved they can love and be loved people want to have a relationship with you because it's kind of like having a relationship with god himself because the way god forgives i hear i see it in you i hear that the way god forgives i see it in you and i want to be with you i want to have a relationship with you believers are to manifest the presence of god such in such a way there is no fear in love perfect love casts out fear another word for cast out is overcomes fear for fear has to do with punishment read your bible for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love because you still think punishment is pending you still think punishment is pending because you haven't studied the cross you haven't studied the blood that shed from the cross you haven't seen why we do this every week every week we do this and those of believers those who are disciples called disciples and they avoid the body of christ they avoid the fellowship of the body they avoid the, the table uh, every sunday they avoid the lord's table they are the ones who live with guilt they live with guilt they struggle day after day and they get colder and more further away from the lord why because they forget the bill has been paid they forget the forgiveness that has been granted we love because he first loved us we love verse 19 because he first loved us if anyone says i love god and he hates his brother he's a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he can see cannot love god whom he cannot see because love is a definite love is a is a manifestation love is 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 the very show that the bill is paid that the cross was real that jesus rose again that the resurrection did happen and that you have eternal life so why not one last time he says in verse 21 this is the commandment we have from him whoever loves god also loves his brother
Whoever loves God also loves his brother. My dear brothers and sisters, as I close, who have you not forgiven? What are you holding against who? What have you not understood about the cross? What are you afraid of? What sin are you living with? Incomplete people tear others to pieces. Incomplete people break other people apart. Incomplete people devalue other people. Incomplete people incomplete others. But complete people, whole people, people of integrity, they fix others, they mend others, they hold others to integrity, they value others, not on the basis of their performance, but on the basis of the love of God that fills them. So God's love fills me, and by that I know I abide in him, because that love flows through me. Don't tell me that God has loved you if his love is not loving through you. Don't tell me that God has loved you if his love is not loving through you. And if his love is loving through you, it's his love because love is from God, not yours. And if his love is from God, then it will forgive freely, love endlessly, show grace and show mercy endlessly. When you're complete, you value integrity. You value wholeness. You value people. What do you need to do? What change do you need to make? What do you need to respond? Which of these six uh, areas do you want to respond to? What do you want to pray for? What do you want to ask God? With every head bowed and every eye closed. With every head bowed and every eye closed. For just a moment, do your business with God. So say, say something back to God. Saying, Lord, and put your finger on that, on that point or that verse and say, Lord, I want to see more of this in me. Lord, I want to see more of this in me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. We love you, Jesus. And we want the love of God to fill us. We want to live free. We want to live without fear of judgment. We want that love to declare all other fears out of our life to demand all fears leave our lives, to be able to forgive and love others freely. We don't love because we fear. And we fear because we haven't been loved. Oh God, complete the process through us. Fill me, oh God. Fill me with the fullness of God. More of you, less of me. That people around me would see more of you and less of me. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even forevermore. God bless you. You're dearly loved. Have a wonderful week with God and think about how you can share your story, how you can talk about Jesus with somebody this week. We love you. We'll see you next week.